Hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Well, hey, Courier Nation, welcome back. It is good to be back. It is great to have you back for another week of the Deliver on Your Business podcast. And folks, you may remember from a few weeks ago, I was telling about running my Courier MBA 31-day email course, and I've been having a blast doing this. Uh, it's it's been it, it's been a challenge as far as the time for me because I've been putting the time into it as we go, mainly because I want to stay on top of you know how things are going and what you know what are people understanding and do I need to adjust or anything like that. And uh, mainly I want to bring that up because you know it's it's been a trial run. I I feel bad for those of you who are in the class. Uh, if you're listening, I apologize because you know you know what I'm talking about as far as the tech issues and a couple of the challenges I've had getting this thing to uh, run exactly how I wanted it to. But that's it's been a learning experience for me as well. And but what it's really done too is it's helped me kind of figure out you know I, I can kind of learn from what's happened this with this first run, and then I want to put that into something that I can put into more of like an auto kind of an autopilot thing and just set it so that it just automatically sends you out the emails and, you know, you can do things on your own pace rather than just, you know, one day at a time, or, uh, if you, if you want to be slower at it, whatever you want to do or something like that. So mostly just telling you that so you can stay tuned and be ready for a new improved version of the courier MBA course. Folks, I want to get into something that uh, I started on this topic about six weeks ago. Uh, this is episode 90. Back in episode 84, I had Kevin Ha from the financialpanther.com. And uh, Kevin does, uh, you know, a lot of things with gig work. And he does a lot of his, he does a lot of delivery work where he's hitting $40 and more per hour. And he's doing it on an e-bike. So we had him on talking about how he was doing things and how it was working for him. And I've been toying with getting an e-bike or doing something along those lines for the longest time. And I was already like, okay, I think I'm going to do this. And I think talking to Kevin just made me even more sure. Yeah, I want to give this a try. I did not expect that I would be doing as well as he's doing. You know, I just didn't. I, I know some things about my market. And so I know how some of these apps work that I think were different than what was working for him. But I was kind of like, could I make as much as I'm making delivering in my car. And so, you know, here's the thing is that I've, I've done bike deliveries off and on since I started two and a half years ago, but I think there's a part of it that I was half-hearted. I'll tell you a little bit about it here in just a little bit about why I was getting half-hearted with it and why it was a little discouraging. But ultimately, I think it kind of came down to two. I never saw bike delivery as a serious earnings opportunity. I saw bike delivery as I just want to get out and ride my bike. And you know what? If I can pick up some deliveries while I'm doing that, that's awesome. A few extra dollars to go with it. I didn't see it, though, as the same kind of earnings opportunity as when I'm doing it with my car. And Kevin, you know, with with what he was talking about and everything like that, it started making me think, well, Maybe that's changed. And there are some things that have changed with a couple of the apps. So I decided to pull the trigger, got an e-bike or sort of, and I've been really happy with it. 
And now that I've had some experience, that's what I want to get into is I want to get into my experience with delivering on an e-bike for Grubhub, for Uber Eats, for DoorDash. Uh, I have not done Postmates since I got, got the e-bike set up and uh, don't plan to. Part of the reason, same reason I don't do Postmates altogether. Totally different story. But anyway. So I just thought it would be good to talk about e-bike delivery today uh, for some of you that are interested in it. For some of you that are wondering, is it possible to make as much money doing bicycle delivery? And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my background with bikes and delivery because I'm, I'm a bike nut as it is, especially older bikes and classic bikes. And uh, um, I love, love, love the old you know 60s and 70s road bikes and especially some of the European ones that... Man, I tell you what, Colnago made some beautiful bikes back in the day, and still do. But um, you know, some of the old steel bikes and 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 the ways that they bikes were more of a piece of art than just something functional and and everything like that. And uh, I kind of miss those days. But you know, I love tinkering on bikes. I love kind of rebuilding a bike or restoring an older bike every once in a while. I'm not an expert mechanic by any means and uh, or anything like that, but it's fun. It's, it's kind of a hobby. And in fact, bikes kind of got me into my last W2 position, you know, my, my last real job, I guess you would say. There was this bike shop that had opened up in my neighborhood. And it was right when I was starting to do a little bit more as far as figuring out how to work on bikes and different things like that. And the cool thing was, you know, I would go into a bike shop to ask for parts and and to see if they had parts or see what I could get to kind of work on some of the older bikes. And it was just like, oh, I don't know. It's like walking into a lot of gyms, you know, you just, you walk in and you just feel the judgment. <laughs> it's just, there, there's a different attitude in, in, a, in a lot of the bike culture, which is really a shame. And, uh, but then I'd walk into this place and it was like, if I didn't know what I was talking about, they didn't care. And if it was not a, a brand new carbon fiber bike, they didn't care, you know? And and what they were was it was like a goodwill for bikes. And, <clears throat> you know, they sold and they worked on uh, used bikes. They had bikes donated to them and they would fix them up and sell them. Well, the cool thing about them was it was this nonprofit and the money they made from selling these bikes, they used to support doing these programs where what they would do is they would uh, take uh, they they uh, built up this fleet of mountain bikes, you know, and then, uh, you know, the, the trucks to haul them with. And then what they would do is they would work with these social organizations in town, you know, with these youth organizations, and they would take their kids out mountain biking. And a lot of these kids had never been outside of their immediate neighborhood. And now all of a sudden they're getting introduced to the freedom that a bicycle gives you. And I was just like, oh gosh, all right, you've got me right there. And I'd, I'd volunteer there. I would do some stuff for them. And, uh, um, I was, I was, you know, um, selling bikes on eBay at the time and things like that. And I started donating profits from that to them and, uh, I started helping them figure out how to do some eBay sales. And then eventually they got to the point where they just needed some help in kind of the management area that I could help them with. And they kind of drug me kicking and screaming into accepting a job with them because you know, I was wanting to work on some different things, you know, kind of the things that my whole website and my delivery work now is all about supporting. And uh, so I already had this in mind. This is what I was going to do. I did not want to take a job with somebody because of that, but I loved what they were doing. And it was just 
and it was working with bikes and it was all this. So, okay, okay. I, I can come on maybe a year, maybe two years at the most. That's pretty much about what it was, was two years and was able to kind of get them to a point where they could move on to something that, uh, they could keep going then. And I'm really kind of happy with that. And I, I enjoyed what I was doing with them and I still love the heck out of what they're doing. Cause here's the thing for me is cycling should be fun. It should be enjoyable. I loved the atmosphere of the bike shop because you could just go in and people just enjoyed being there and hanging out there. And it was kind of our version of cheers for some of us that hung out there. You know, you walk in, everybody knows your name and, you know, walk in, everybody run instead of Norm or whatever. But anyway, it was just, it's what bicycles ought to be. That brings me to a point where I hate some of the stuff about some of the cycle culture where it's, it has to be a certain way. You have to be going so fast. You've got to have a certain kind of bike. You've got to be a certain type of person. If you want to, if you want us to take you seriously as doing on a bike. And for most people, we just want to get out on our bikes and have fun. You know, one of my favorite books out there is around this. Check out the book. I've got a link in the show notes and uh, on the associate webpage at entrecourier.com slash 80. It's Amazon. I do get a little bit of a commission from Amazon, but wherever you get it, you got to check out the book called Just Ride by Grant Peterson. I mean, he's, he's preaching to the choir, you know, he's all about more just you ride your bike because you want to ride your bike, not to be part of this cycle culture. And I, and I just love it. And it's just, it's, it's this whole mindset for me. And it's real easy for me to get on a soapbox. This is not the bike culture podcast. I understand that, but you know, here's the thing is maybe where I tie it into this whole thing about e-bikes is I used to look at e-bikes like, well, that's not real biking. And I started realizing that's the same thing. Guys, since I first went out and I rented an e-bike just to try it out, it's like, okay, I could probably spend more time on my bike because of this. And so that's kind of where I went. Well, here's the thing is, you know, um, I left my job as business manager for this nonprofit, um, started doing delivery, but then realized that some of them had some options that you could deliver on your bike. And that I thought was awesome. That's great. Like I said, I saw it as a time that I could just, it was more about riding my bike and a little bit about making money. And, um, but you know, I, I thought, okay, this could be fun. Here's the deal for me using just, just standard bike riding is not a great opportunity for making as much money because I am slow. I am extremely slow. And, uh, you know, I am slow as, well, I'm not going to say it because this is a G rated podcast. So I'll leave it at that. But the, the other thing that I ran into though is dispatching. It was horrible by all of these companies. They were all terrible. And, uh, Postmates was probably the best back at the time. This is two and a half years ago because they had a mode, you know, you could just toggle between, um, whether you're in your car or on a scooter or your bike or walking or, I don't remember if they had a different one for e-bike or bike, but it was like, okay, this is, this is okay. And, uh, the problem was, was Postmates was just not busy enough in my market. Uh, there were just not, uh, there, there were long, long, long waits between orders on Postmates. The only other one at the time that really had an option was Uber Eats. Now Uber Eats was different. Uber Eats had a, what they call it, they say supposedly a bicycle mode, but you had to have a bicycle only account. And that's what they told me was that I had to create a different Uber Eats account 
that I would use for bicycle deliveries. And they said, it's because we dispatch different. You know, we, they don't have that ability that Postmates had to toggle back and forth or anything like that. And so because, you know, you're getting shorter deliveries and you're getting, you know, maybe smaller deliveries, we're not going to send you to those ones that just really load you down with food and stuff like that. So you've got to get on this different account. So I did that. I verified several times that I'm on the right type of account. They don't dispatch any differently. Uh, they, they still send, they were still, you know, I'm getting these offers for, you know, back in those days, you didn't know where you were going to deliver to. All you knew was how far away the restaurant was by minutes. Well, the minutes were always listed in terms of driving by car. And they were still doing like, you know, the restaurant's 20 minutes out and I don't know where I'm going. So there's, you know, and, and most of the orders were that way. And this was the thing that kind of really made me kind of get discouraged or lose enthusiasm was because there really just weren't that many good orders. And, and it, it wasn't set up with any of them really well for delivering. DoorDash did not have an option for bikes at the time. Um, you know, cause I checked several times and Grubhub did not have an option for bikes at the time. You know, in fact, when I signed up with Grubhub, I'd put something in the application about doing bikes. And the guy said, Oh, now I just want to make sure are you planning on doing with a car or a bike. And I said, with a car, and he said, okay, good. Cause we'd have turned you down if you'd put it down as a bike because we don't have that functionality here. Cause he said, the problem is, is again, the dispatching is different. And they don't have, they didn't have the capability to differentiate between, you know, dispatching for one as to for the other. So everybody was going to be on car dispatching. So bikes were not an option with them. So, you know, it was just like, it was frustrating because Postmates was the only one that was actually dispatching correctly, but they didn't have enough orders and Uber Eats had orders all the time, but. Uh, there, there were so many times that I would pick up an order and the customer is eight miles away. And as slow as I am, eight miles, that kind of equals really cold food by the time it gets there. And I'd have to cancel out of it. And I, I almost lost my ability to deliver at least on that plat, that, that account because of how many cancellations I had, because Uber Eats doesn't know how to cancel things. If you pick up and then you decide you get there, you find the address and you, you get there, you know, and again, that goes back to the old days when you didn't know where you were going. So there were two big changes that I think really helped in, you know, in my area, I, I guess in all the areas, you know, one is Uber Eats now lets you know where you're going. And in fact, you know what you're going to make now, at least in most, most markets. And you know how far you're going They're They're showing a mileage amount. And so they're a lot better at what they're showing, but they still suck at dispatching for bikes because like I got one the other day, I'm on the bike account. 13.2 miles. There's no way I'm doing 13.2 miles, even on an e-bike. It's just not happening. And, you know, so it's like they still haven't figured out. And 90% of their delivery offers were seven, eight miles or more. And it was, just, it was worse on the bike account than it is when I'm using my car. It, it was a lot worse. It was, it was just, it, it's amazing. And it was like every time I went out there, but the huge difference, the huge, the game changer in, um, my area was when DoorDash back in August, I think of last year, they introduced a bike mode on their app where you could toggle between what way you're doing deliveries between car, bike, and e-bike. And now you can turn on bike or e-bike. And, and here's the thing with DoorDash. I mean, it's kind of amazing to say this. It works. There's not a lot that works with DoorDash, but bike mode works. They limit the distance. They're 
usually better. I got an offer the other day that I had to turn down because it was this pizza place that all of their pizzas are 24 inch pizzas. That's one that I'm not comfortable trying to deliver off of my bike. You know, <laughs> that's a big ass pizza, but DoorDash added that on there. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to an article I wrote then as far as what my impressions were. I was kind of amazed. It, it worked really well. And so, and they were better at limiting the distance. They were almost always two miles or less. And, and it was the kind of thing that it was like, okay, I could stay busy because of that, because they're busy enough there. And with that in mind, then I just started thinking that, okay, maybe it's time to get an e-bike. And so I pulled the trigger. I just said, okay, I'm getting an e-bike. And this summer I pulled the trigger. Um, I had already kind of decided before Kevin came on, but I hadn't actually placed the order. In fact, I was thinking of doing something totally different. And, uh, but it was just like after, after listening to Kevin talking about doing this, okay, I've got to do this. And uh, I didn't buy an e-bike. I did an e-bike conversion. I looked into e-bikes. Um, I had even worked out a marketing deal with one company. I'm not going to name them or anything like that. Because after we did that, then it was kind of like, okay, we'll get the paperwork to you. And they never did. And they never did. And I know part of the reason. These e-bike companies have been slammed lately. Uh, this this pandemic has been a huge, huge boon for e-bike companies for whatever reason. And, you know, the bikes are flying off the shelf or they're flying off of whatever they sit on. And... And it's just, it's been amazing. So I'm, I'm sure that a lot of it has to do with them just being slammed with things like that. But, you know, it was still kind of like, okay. But I, you know, and I'm not really that upset because I'm actually kind of glad that I didn't go that route because my problem, my hesitation with a lot of kind of your regular e-bikes are they're one size fits all. Well, when you're six foot five, you're kind of on the high end of those size fits all type things, right? And that usually means it doesn't usually fit for you that well. Um, most clothes that are one size fit all don't fit all because I can tell you from experience. And so I'm, I'm a little nervous about buying an e-bike from a place that kind of used a one size fits all approach. But I had my trusty little surly disc trucker that I'd been using for my regular bike deliveries. And I love that bike. It is, it is an awesome bike. Maybe, maybe I love it so much. It's more because I built the thing myself. You know, I bought the frame and then I bought parts for it, just a piece at a time. And, and I had fun building it and I had fun kind of designing the way I wanted it to be. It's got my own touches and it's made for me and I'm comfortable on it. And in case I haven't mentioned, I kind of love that bike. And, uh, uh, it was called a disc trucker. And so I, you know, called it my delivery truck. And so I got a picture of the bike, uh, up on the associated webpage. I got a few pictures of it. You know, one was kind of a picture I took a couple years ago, uh, more in kind of delivery mode. Then I had this big old basket sitting on the front and I had this little cooler on the back that I could put drinks in. And I love that cooler, by the way. Um, it's just a little insulated cooler that you could zip up. It's deep enough that it could, you can put your drinks in. I wish it had something to kind of hold up a single drink pretty well. Uh, I usually put a water bottle in with it if I only have one drink. But, you know, what I do is I got that, and then I've got those little uh, hard plastic frozen ice packs that you can stick in the freezer, you know. And so I'll just I'll, I'll drop one of those in there when I start the day, and it keeps stuff cold. And it's just, uh, it works great. And I had a little basket rigged to the uh, rack up front, and I put a delivery bag in that. Um 
A second picture I've got after I did the conversion on it, uh, I've got it without that basket on there because I've been doing it with a backpack lately. I'm back and forth and maybe I'll just carry a backpack with me and use the basket on some other things. I don't know. But, you know, it was all kind of set up so that I could kind of haul stuff around pretty well. And I ended up then getting what's called a mid-range conversion uh, with electric bike outfitters. Uh, you can go to electricbikeoutfitters.com. I wish I had an affiliate or a marketing arrangement with them because uh, I, I could promote the heck out of them because I had a good experience with them. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, th they don't do any of that. And, and mainly because their main relationship is with bike shops. You know, most of their sales, they're doing, they, they don't try and really promote or really push the direct bike sales because their bread and butter is bike shops around the country that will do the conversions. And so, but they're based here in Denver. So I went in, you know, I talked to them a little bit. So, okay, let's, let's do this. And they're great guys. And, and they, uh, they've just, uh, uh, I've been really happy with them and with, with the conversion, uh, that I've got this bike that I love. It's comfortable. And now it's an e-bike and it's, it's, it's been fantastic. And now I, I'll tell you what, there are some brand new e-bikes that you can get that are, I think you can get them cheaper than what the conversion kits are. And I know a lot of people that actually love those bikes. I think uh, Kevin is using a bike that, uh, you know, from uh, Financial Panther that was on. He's using a bike that I know is pretty inexpensive and he's had it for a couple of years and he's been thrilled with it. And so, you know, I, I don't know that one's better than the other, but for me, that fit was an important thing. And, and the, the fact that I already love this bike as it is that I could kind of give it a different kind of life was just, I love that idea. And so I did the conversion. And, uh, so there's a couple of different ways that e-bikes work. The whole idea of an e-bike is you've got a, uh, <clears throat> you've got a motor and you've got a battery that you're adding to it. And usually, you know, a controller that you're adding to the bike and the motor can be in like one of three places. It can be built into the back wheel and that way it'll drive it from the back wheel. And so what it does is when you pedal, it kind of senses that you're pedaling and then it kind of adds some oomph to it. Or you can, you can hit the uh, throttle or the accelerator and it'll just turn the wheel by itself. You can do a front wheel version of it. That one's a little bit easier to do because I think there's less involved in changing out the bike or anything like that. And it's just, there's some sensors or something like that, that it can kind of tell when you're pedaling and then it'll do the same thing. It'll, it'll start to assist when you're pedaling. And, you know, I didn't do the back wheel cause I didn't want to change out the gears on my bike. I didn't do the front wheel because just having that front wheel pulling you is just on a bike didn't feel like it was natural. So I decided to go with the third option, which is called a mid range, which is this, um, basically what they do is they, they replace the cranks where your pedals come out of and everything like that. They replace that with a little motor and, and that's where that works. And, and, and it actually is a little truer at kind of understanding when you're, you're pedaling and everything like that. And, uh, so that's the route that I went, um, because going that route, let me keep my same gears, keep all my same wheels, all that stuff. And basically it was just that part there in the middle that got changed out. And I love it. It, it, it is fantastic. It is, it makes riding so much easier. Now, the thing about riding an e-bike is it's not like I think I once thought where it was just kind of like the lazy way to do it. You're still putting some work into it, but yeah, that e-bike is kicking in when you're getting up the hills and it is kind of adding a little bit of oomph 
to what you're doing, but you're, you're still putting out some, uh, I, I can still feel that, uh, all right, I've been, I've been putting in some work here on this when I've been writing with this since I did that conversion. So that's, that's what I did was that mid range conversion. Uh, it, it, it's all kind of a matter of preference, I guess, which is the best way to go. Uh, if you buy just a kind of a general e-bike and, and not do a conversion, it's, it's pretty much the same things is it all just kind of depends on what kind of drive you're going to have rear wheel, front wheel, or the mid range. I've got some pictures. I've got like before and after pictures and like the after picture after the conversion, it doesn't have that basket on the front because of the uh, backpack, but you know, in, in some ways you almost can't tell that it's been converted. Uh, and that's cause like the battery is kind of hidden underneath the rack. And, and so there's, there's not as much stuff on there to tell you. It looks a little different. The main thing that looks different on the after picture is a frame bag that I've got on there that, is a godsend. Uh, I had this made by uh, uh, Joe at JPAX, who's a guy here locally. Uh, he's got he's got some of the best frame bags. He does custom frame bags. So what he does is he measures your bike, and then he he builds the bag that fits in the middle of your frame. So like in mine, it's in the big triangle there, and there's a big. I mean, it's a huge pack, and I don't use that as much for delivery. I don't put the food in there. I very rarely do it. Sometimes if there's some extra stuff and I need a place for it, I'll use it. It's kind of more for my storage for myself. It's my tools. It's it's an extra bag that I use for backup that I can put in there. And then, you know, my water bottles and all that stuff. So it's it's fantastic. You get a frame bag. If if you're doing bike delivery, get a frame bag. I think I think you would be thankful for it. And you can check out JPAX. It's just J J. PAKS.com. Um, now I've mentioned both electric bike outfitters and JPAX. I don't have any kind of marketing arrangement with either of them, but I can, I, I endorse I mean, it, both of them are just fantastic opportunities. Now Joe's got a lot of demand. So sometimes you're going to get on a wait list and Joe does great work and Joe charges a little bit more because it's all custom made. And so sometimes you might find a frame bag that uh, doesn't cost as much, but I'll tell you what, uh, the bag that I got from Joe has been absolutely worth it. It's been absolutely worth it. I love it. The battery on my bike is something that is kind of, there, there's two places that you usually see a battery on electric bikes. One is on the frame. It's kind of on that, what they call the down tube, which is kind of the part of the, your bike frame that goes from where the steering wheel meets the wheel and all that stuff. And there's that tube that goes down or the bar or whatever you call it, that goes down towards the pedals. That's called the down tube. And a lot of e-bikes had their battery strapped onto that. I decided I didn't want to go that route because I wanted to use my, my uh, frame bags. Uh, I, I had them made up a few years ago by Joe. And uh, another thing about using a bike that I'm already using. So what they did on mine was they put it into a little, it's kind of a rack mount. There's, there's a little bicycle rack that they put on your bike and it's built into that rack. So you can use the rack as a rack, but then you've got the battery right under it. And what I love about it is it's got a little integrated uh, light in the back. So you're using that as a way to, um, you're using that as uh, yeah, it's such a big battery that you're powering the light and not having to worry about it, really. <laughs> you're not having to worry about that, that light running out of juice anytime soon. And then what they do is they put the control features up on the handlebars. So I've got a little LCD screen and that tells me things like, okay, how fast am I going? How much batteries do I have left? There's some different settings and you can kind of adjust whether you want, you know, a lot more battery to it, or if you want the ego version, or if you want it just turned on and you're just going to do regular pedaling, you know, 
And then there's a throttle, which you can engage that. And it will, you know, if, if I'm feeling too lazy to ride, I can just hit that and it just starts pulling me along. And then the other thing they did was they did replace my brake handles because they wanted handles that have like a cutoff switch. And the idea is that uh, I had a, uh, a Ford minivan that, uh, that we owned for work that had all wheel drive, but I don't know if it was a design flaw or if there was a glitch with that, but it was like you would hit the brakes and the front wheels are still trying to pull you along. And it got really bad when it was icy out and stuff like that. You had to kind of put the car in neutral to try and stop it. And that's that's the thing that makes me nervous about sometimes with an e-bike or something like that. And that's why that cutoff switch is so important because you hit the brakes and it kills the motor. And so that's kind of what, what my makeup is on my bike. Now, of course, the bigger question is, how is it working? And what I can tell you so far, I've been out like four different times on the bike and it has been fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I've averaged $27 an hour on bike deliveries. That's right up there with what I'm making on the car. And this last Sunday I went out, uh, I only went out for a couple of hours because we're going to my uh, grandson's birthday party. But, uh, for the two hours I went out, I actually did nothing but Chipotle. I did nine Chipotle deliveries in two hours and I made $64, but it was crazy. It was like just boom, boom, boom. One right after the other nine deliveries in two hours. I hardly ever, ever, ever hit that. And and really the only times I've ever hit that kind of speed, that kind of quickness on deliveries has been uh, when the pandemic was in full force and everybody was at home and there was no traffic and, you know, everything was just so much faster, but nine deliveries in four hours. I've been, I've been up at about three, I think it's three and a quarter overall. So it's been, you know, I've been getting more deliveries in the amount of time. I'm taking lower price deliveries, but I'm getting them done so fast that I'm making as much money. And so here's a few thoughts. This is just a few thoughts that I want to give you that, that kind of my observations since I've started doing these bike deliveries again and getting a lot more serious about it. First of all, I will tell you that at least in my experience, DoorDash is completely different to deliver for on a bike than they are in a car. I hardly touch DoorDash during regular deliveries. They just, you know, they don't pay enough. And, uh, they, they usually don't dispatch, uh, quick enough, fast enough deliveries to me and stuff like that. And so I don't do that much on DoorDash. They don't pay as well as the other platforms. When I'm on a bike though, here's the thing. DoorDash bike mode works. The deliveries are fast. They're quick. And, and the thing is, is even a $5 delivery you know what? I'm knocking at some of these $5 deliveries in 10 minutes. That's $30 an hour, folks. That's still good. And so I'm okay doing five, six, $7 deliveries. You know, nine deliveries, $64. It was a $7 average. I think I had one delivery the whole day that was over $10. And so um, DoorDash is just different. My acceptance rate is a lot higher on bike deliveries than it is. I mean, I'm south of 15% otherwise. And so, you know, that's the other thing. And I think to go along with that for any of the, the uh, platforms, the thing that I'm finding is the offer amount is irrelevant. It doesn't matter how much they're paying to me. It doesn't matter as much anyway. I found this out back when kind of that transition, when Uber Eats started offering, you know, showing you where you're going and telling you how far you're going, different things like that but still not giving the full amount. 
And I found that with Uber Eats, I did what that what I called reverse cherry picking. I'm taking the lower priced offers because I can get them done faster. Because you don't know the tip then. You know, things have changed now because they're starting to show you what the tip is or what it is including the tip. But that's that's been a, le- a lesson for me lately is just that um, quick deliveries almost seem to mean more than high paying deliveries. And I'm definitely noticing that on the bike. That it's like, it doesn't matter if I'm getting $10, $12, $15 deliveries. If I'm getting $5, 6 $7 deliveries that I can get done in 10 to 15 minutes, I'm going to make good money. And I'm going to make probably better money than what I was making in a car because I don't have the expenses like what I've got when I'm using my car. So, you know, those $5 10-minute deliveries or $30 an hour, that's that's quite profitable and I'm good with that. Here's another thing that I would throw at you. And if you're going to do bike deliveries, get a good phone mount. A good phone mount is worth its weight in gold, folks. And and it's worth, I would say it's worth paying extra because I did that. And it has been worth that for me. Now, when I first started going out doing deliveries, um, that was the biggest issue I had was what do you do with the dumb phone? Because I got a little bike mount. You know, the little thing that it's a lot like a lot of the ones that you have in your cars, you know, the little spring, spring loaded clamp that holds your bike, your phone in place. And it's supposed to hold it real well, right? It doesn't do that. You hit a bump on that and the bike, the phone goes flying off. Well, as expensive as phones are, that's no good. And, and I, I finally had one time where it went flying off and it came within about three inches of rolling underneath somebody's tires. I'm, I'm glad I had a good, uh, otter box on it or something like that. Cause it didn't break the screen or anything like that, but it's still, it was like, okay, I'm done with that. I am not having that happen anymore. And I quit using the phone mount. Well, now what do you do? I had a handlebar bag and I could keep it in there so I could have fast access to it. But still an order comes in. I hear the order coming in, but I'm, I got to slow down or I got to get where I'm okay. Reaching into that bag. Or if I'm keeping it in my pocket, pull it out of the pocket and by the time you do it, the order's gone or something like that. And that wasn't going to work. And when I first started out after the conversion, that was kind of my problem was I think I was losing a lot of money because um, either I wasn't hearing the phone go off when it was going off, when there was an offer going off while I was in between deliveries, or I wasn't getting to it in time. I had a bunch of times that I pocket accepted on Uber Eats orders uh, because the way that Uber Eats on an Android phone moves the order to the top of your screen or whatever, you know, it was just kind of like if, if the phone was in my pocket and got activated, then I was accepting whatever order was happening, whether I wanted to or not. So I had to cancel a lot of orders and the big salvation for me was this quad luck that I got. Uh, it, it, it is a twist on case based phone mount. So what you do is you get a phone case. And so that makes it a little more expensive because you got to buy the case and you got to buy the mount. But then that case will lock onto the mount on your bike and it holds it secure. It holds it incredibly secure. And it's also fairly fast to get the phone on and off. I think it's faster than trying to wrestle with those little spring clamps and everything. Uh, I do a, I, I have done up until recently anyway, a magnetic mount for my car. And it's because it's fast. I can slap it on and I can slap it off. Well, a magnet's not going to hold a phone in place well enough on a bike, but 
I got this, and it's almost as fast as the magnet. It's a lot faster than messing with the little spring-loaded things. And uh, so I actually got a, uh, a car version of the mount for my car because then I could use the same mount and, and I could do it either in the car or on the bike. Because a lot of times I'll go out and deliver on the bike for a little while and then I'll load the bike up into the back of the Equinox and then I'll go out and do just regular car deliveries after that. And so it works beautifully being able to move back and forth. I've got some links to the ones from Quadlock. Uh, they're Amazon links. And uh, so like I said, I get commission from Amazon when their sales go through that. You know, just give you full disclosure up front on that. But it's been fantastic. I, I am so pleased with it. And so you got like all the different lot, the uh, cases that you can get. Uh, I'll have a link that just, you know, goes to their Amazon store and then you can search for the case. They've got a universal thing that you just stick on the back of your phone or on your case. And then uh, they got a number of different types of mounts. So I'd say get a good lock. A couple of other quick observations. One, I'm, I'm still kind of nervous about doing, you know, the security of my bike. I will tell you that I'm, I carry a, uh, it's a folding lock and, uh, uh, it was kind of expensive, but it was something that I wanted, you know, one to be kind of secure, but also something I could do quickly. And this seems to work really well for that. It's not as quick as I want it to be, but bike theft is a big problem here, you know, and, uh, you got people that, uh, you got homeless, you got portions of the homeless community that, you know, they got their tent cities popped up and they've got all these stolen bikes sitting around there that they've kind of kind of broken down into various things that it's like, this is a way they can get money as they steal and then, you know, sell the bike parts. And, uh, you know, what they got to do, I'm sure is probably just taking the parts and then funneling them to somebody who's just giving them pennies on the dollars for those parts. But the thing is, if anything's slowing me down, it's that locking my bike when there's any time I think I'm going to be inside for very long at all. Kevin talked about, he feels he's okay. You know, generally with it, he doesn't, um, need to use it as much, but, uh, I don't know. I'm a little more paranoid, I think. And I wish that somebody had a good, fast lock with a key fob, kind of like what you got for your cars. You know, you just push the button and it unlocks. Now, some people have got some, but they link to your phone and the connection is not very reliable. And the problem with some of those is that, okay, when it links to your phone, if it doesn't link, then it becomes really slow. And so I want something that is going to work every single time I do it. But if they could, somebody could come up with a really fast lock, I think that'd be, they could have a huge market just among bike couriers, you know, location is huge. The, the thing about bike delivery is it works great in some parts of town and it works horrible in other parts. And, and in fact, DoorDash only allows you to go into bike mode really in two zones here in the Denver market. And it makes sense because they're the only two places that really make sense to do very much. There's a couple small areas that might work okay uh, because there's a lot of short deliveries out of those. But <clears throat> the problem is, is getting enough deliveries that you could do something. And, and you know, there, there are some areas where the suburbs are. And even if I'm delivering right around where I live, a bike delivery is not efficient because you can drive faster. And so you can get from point to point a lot faster. If I'm downtown where things are a little more congested, you got a lot of one-way streets, you got a lot of issues, I can get around as fast or faster, especially on my e-bike, than I can with my car. And so that's the great equalizer there. And maybe that's I think that's part of why I'm knocking out five, you know, nine deliveries in two hours, because I can get around a lot faster in downtown. And oh, by the way, I have to go shorter distances. But when I when you get out into the suburbs and 
things like that. You've got longer distances and the difference between delivering with a car and a bike is to be bigger. Now I live fairly close to one of those zones. It's, it's about uh, really two miles to the border, but it's closer to about five miles before I get to where you really start getting orders. And so that, that can be an issue, you know, that getting there. Uh, if, if you normally are able to just jump on, take orders where you're at and, and away you go, as opposed to that extra time getting your bike into an area where bike deliveries are good. So that's something that you have to weigh into it. I think the amount of time that you can be out on deliveries can be a little bit more limited. Um, a typical range on an e-bike is about 20 to 40 miles. And that varies. I think I think I'll probably end up getting more than that. I've never pushed the limits of that, but I've only four hours, I think is the most that I've gone and 25 miles is the most that I've gone. And even then my battery says it's halfway. Now, I don't know if that's halfway like my car where halfway really means about a fourth to a third that I don't know, but I don't know how much of that is because I usually go with pedal assist. I usually put the phone, I I put the phone or the, uh, not the phone, the e-bike into eco mode. It's the lowest power setting between deliveries. But then as soon as I get to delivery, I crank that thing up because I want to get done fast. And so I don't know though. You know, the thing is, I'm not sure that I could get more than maybe five or six hours at a time unless I'm really doing more of the eco mode. And that means putting a lot more work into it. And that might mean then wearing myself out faster. So, you know, you, you've still got, even on an e-bike, you know, you're putting some effort into it. And unless you're like, uh, you know, some folks that just can keep going for hours and hours and hours, I can't. And so five or six hours might be the limit for me. Lately, that's more than enough. I think couple of other things. One is finding a good way to carry food is critical. I talked about having a basket. I talked about using a backpack. I'm a little nervous with a backpack sometimes because I'm not sure the food's going to be held as stable. And that's why I put the basket on way back when I did. I will probably put the basket on and continue to carry the backpack because the basket will be for most orders and I can just put, put the food in and it's going to be very stable. But if I need larger orders, I've got the backpack. The backpack I've got is a beautiful thing. It, I don't see it available anymore though. They've got a little pouch or they've got a little compartment on there that you unzip it and it kind of folds out like an accordion big enough to hold a larger pizza. And I bought this from Uber Eats has had this little store for selling their bags and stuff like that. I bought that from them two and a half years ago for 40 bucks and they don't sell it anymore. And either that or they're sold out. I don't know, but, um, it was fantastic. And now I can't find anything like it anywhere. And so, um, I don't know. I, I do think, you know, here's the thing though. I think that people do get nervous when they see you coming up and on a bike because they don't know if their food's going to be hot. If you're out in the elements, are your drinks going to be cold? Things like that. That's why I carry the cooler there to keep my, keep the drinks cold. I need it even more on a bike delivery than I do in a car delivery because otherwise, you know, that, that thing's, you know, chocolate shake is sitting there right out in the sun when you're delivering. That's no good. It's going to melt in minutes. So those are legitimate questions. You know, how, how is the food going to be kept up? You want to make sure that you're finding ways that are going to kind of take care of the food. And that's an important part of what you're doing. Last piece is there's the weather. Now I'm lucky I'm in Denver. Now, if I had listened to this several years ago before I moved to Denver, I thought, yeah, right. Um, Denver's got an amazing climate. It's, it's better in the winter than I expected it to be. And it's just, you know, we got, uh, most days of the, you can go out and deliver and be fine with the weather. 
we don't have as many of the big rainstorms. We don't have as many of the big snowstorms, believe it or not. And so, but the thing is, there are going to be those times where you get caught out in the elements and that's not going to be as fun, you know, and it may not be as safe. And so those are some things to think about. Here's my overall thoughts. I love it. I'm, I've, I've had so much fun doing bike delivery since I got going. Probably the biggest pain is putting on this stupid helmet. But other than that, I really enjoy it. And I think it's been good for me. I think it's been a lot more of a workout than I realized. And it's not as much demand as doing, uh, you know, risk standard pedaling and everything like that. But there's a heck of a lot more involved with doing it than if I'm riding in my car. And there's still quite a bit of cardio going on because of that. The main thing is I'm not pushing as hard to get up hills and stuff like that. And so it's, it's something that I can kind of keep more of an even keel, I think, but you're continuing to move. Bottom line though, is I'm doing almost as well as when I'm in the car. I'm not hitting that $40 per hour that Kevin was hitting. I'm not sure that I ever will because with Kevin, he's in an area where all of the apps are able to hit and he's able to just kind of stay busy with all of them. And he, he's able to do the The orders kind of line up a lot better for working multiple apps at once. So far, I haven't hit that kind of a thing where I've only had one or two deliveries where I've been able to kind of load up on more than one platform. But, you know, so I think that's maybe a difference in market but I'm still doing a heck of a lot better than I expected that I would be. And I'm doing a heck of a lot better than I ever was on just standard bike deliveries. And bottom line is the vast majority of my deliveries have been with DoorDash when I've been on a bike. It's just weird that the one company that can't get their app to work that does nothing but crash is the one company that actually can make bike delivery work. It's weird. Uber Eats is horrible with their dispatching. Uh, but once they do send in a good order, once one does show up, it's usually a lot better paying than the DoorDash ones for the same amount of effort. I can turn Grubhub on. There is no bike mode. I'm not technically supposed to do deliveries on it because my car is registered with them. Um, but you know, the thing is they're not set up for bikes and Grubhub does love to send you these faraway dispatches. So there's not as many times as a good order pops up for them, but every once in a while, something will. Overall, though, it's just, you know, and then Postmates, I just don't do. But the sad thing is today's the first day of fall. It's kind of making me a little sad because I feel like I waited too long, you know, to get my bike converted and everything. But I love this. And uh, you could probably hear me talking a little bit more about it, maybe starting to get into some nitty gritty about it in future episodes. But I can see myself shifting more and more to e-bike delivery because it's working really well. I'd love to hear from you. How is it working for you? If you're doing bike delivery or e-bike delivery, are you making more money? Are you making less? Um, leave a comment at entrecourier.com slash 90 or send me an email, ron at entrecourier.com. Uh, if you follow the show notes, there's a whole bunch of links for contacting me through social media. I'd just love to hear from you about what bike delivery does for you. Folks, thank you for being part of Courier Nation, and I uh, thank you for uh, just being your own boss, you know, for taking control. And that's what I beg you to do as I wrap this up today is just remember that you are the boss. 
uh, this whole Courier MBA course that I've been doing, it's it's been all about that. It's just reminding people that you're running a business, treat it like a business, and, and don't let these companies push you around or anything like that. You make your own decisions, whether or not that's delivered by car or e-bike or where you deliver and what offers you take. You have all the freedom and you have all of the rights to make your own decisions. So make those decisions and be the boss.